Braves fans, welcome to another edition of our Road to Indy Insider podcast. We are going to be previewing this coming weekend's event in Toronto, of course, Thursday, 9.44 right now. I've been working all day trying to get some information, trying to dig in what's going on to make sure that you guys, whether you're coming to the racetrack Saturday morning or you're trying to get yourself dialed in here this weekend, I'm going to try to give you some insight into what I got into the paddock here on Thursday. We'll start, of course, with the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship powered by Mazda. Um, I like this race for these guys because I think the drivers of the very first rung of the Mazda Road to Indy, they've got a chance to settle in. You know, they ran the street circuit at St. Petersburg. Uh, they waited a ton of time, what, two months, back on track for the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Then they went and ran the Roval race, right? Got that out of the, out of the system and, and got a feel for it. I think drivers that were good there that maybe felt it were with the right teams that gave them the right car. They spin off of that oval race, which is, of course, very intimidating to all the young drivers in the USF 2000 program. Then they go to Road America, a track that I think any of us would love to be on, get a chance to drive on. That's that wide open racetrack that they can like stretch the legs, get a good feel. They've got a good cross section. So USF 2000 now, even the the veterans, of course, we know are going to be good. Uh, the Kalen Fredericks, uh, Lucas Cole, Calvin Ming, guys who've been here a couple of years. Now Darren Keane in his essentially just kind of coming into his second year, having started later in the 2017 season. Those guys are going to be good. But this is the race. Toronto, maybe even more so mid-Ohio where it's, you know, they can kind of stretch their legs a little more. But I think a lot of the rookies come into Toronto feeling way more comfortable than they did, of course, when they first rolled out within the concrete at St. Petersburg. So I love Toronto so much because it's that kind of place where if you had momentum, if you had confidence coming into Road America or coming out of Road America, rather, that you're going to be good here. So that's why I love this race as being that kind of kind of turning point race. You know, last year we saw uh, an awesome run, overall weekend run, of course, for Parker Thompson with Exclusive Autosport. It was the team's absolute coming out party. The A-team kind of settled in. Parker, who had won the year before, now has a three-race win streak in USF 2000. We'll talk Pro Mazda in a, in a couple of minutes. But the awesome thing was, that, that team kind of jumped up and was was awesome. And that's what I love about Toronto. Again, as I said, people kind of step up. Now, last year, the crazy thing was, you talk about a David Malukas getting together with Alex Barron and then collecting Oliver Askew. The great thing about Toronto, for a guy like me and for a guy like uh, anybody in the sport who wants to see some chaos, uh, that shakes up the championship, man, last year that deal with those three drivers – Really threw things apart. So now we'll talk about uh, Malukas and Askew moving, of course, to Pro Mazda. That could be interesting later on. But the, the bottom line is stuff can happen here. Dri the rookie drivers start getting themselves into the, the into the fray. Of course, Kyle Kirkwood, the rookie driver, but with Cape. It's almost you almost don't you almost can't call a, a driver who comes in with Cape rookie because they jump into a car that's so good. Kyle, though, I've followed many years in karting. This guy's a badass, absolute pro in kart racing. I'm not surprised he's come out of the box so well here in 2018, leading, of course, through the halfway point. But 
the combination of veteran drivers, rookies coming into their own. Uh, of course, you got to go to Rasmuth Lint as the number one rookie coming into his own. Keith Donegan making the move to BN Racing. That's been massive. That's kind of the storyline that I'm talking about here for this weekend. So as we come into this race, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for USF 2000. Now, let's just set the stage first and foremost. Tracks are changing. Every time we come here, it's either a track uh, layout adjustment. Either they lay down some more pavement. Now, when they lay down the asphalt, it's normally on the entry. So when you're coming in, you're still on the entry. And I talked to a number of drivers. I said, hey, turn one. Man, what a what a great deal this year. From the start, before the start finish line, all the way to the braking zone, turn one, new asphalt. Right? Toronto's making things happen. Everybody says, yeah, but the transition of the the uh, the concrete's still there. And that's always been part of the street circuit here at Toronto is that you have pavement on the inside of the, the corner, essentially the apex. You know, the whole roll through the apex is is uh, is um, concrete because, man, the, the, the Indy cars roll through there, hardcore, all that uh, uh, all that bite. They ripped the, they ripped it up. Early in the years, 32 years now for the Toronto race, they ripped that all up. So let's throw concrete down, and that's kind of the character of the entire race, right? Every corner has that that apex concrete that the drivers have to come through the, the pavement, the asphalt, transition into a totally different surface, and roll through, and then get back to the pavement again. And that's, in talking about that run to turn number one, which over the last couple of years has been ridiculously bumpy. Uh, in fact, cars porpoising, you know, up and down, up and down, especially the light USF 2000 cars, they still have to, with the increased now entry speed, later braking, as Kyle Kirkwood said, I'm, you know, he's looking down and he goes, yeah, we're going to be braking later than we ever, we ever have before. That car is going to be carrying more speed into the corner, still starting to rotate. I'm super excited to see what happens tomorrow morning. When they get going, USF 2000, I think on the racetrack uh, Friday morning, I want to say it's 840 in the morning. No, yeah, 840 for USF 2000. Pro Mods kicking it off at 8 o'clock with their first practice. I can't wait to see what happens with these drivers coming through. Now, between you and I, anytime we go to a street circuit and our guys, you know, the Mazda Road Indy presented by Cooper Tires, we know they're going to be the dew sweepers. And that's a line I take in golfing, right? When you're the first guy off at the start of the day, the dew on the rate on the on the golf course, you're the first guy out there. I, I call them dew sweepers because there's you know there's that dirt on the track, especially on a, on a street circuit. If you're a team owner or an engineer or a coach in Pro Mazda or USF 2000, again, Pro Mazda on track, eight o'clock, USF 2000 at 840 tomorrow morning. All you can tell these guys is get comfortable. I, I know you want to go fast. Don't worry about it. Just stay within the concrete. Get comfortable. This track is not going to be anywhere near it's going to be when they get back on the racetrack later in the day. Pro Mazda is going to qualify two hours later. Uh, the, the amount of track time, the, you know, the, the GT cars are going to be out on track. There's going to be so much stuff on track. I think the Indy cars are as well. The track's going to grip up big time over the morning. That's the crazy thing about this racetrack. 
the entire weekend, Friday to Sunday, it's going to keep changing. So we always hope that the drivers kind of dial things in. Now, again, I love that about this street circuit. I love the fact that it's pavement, the concrete, the pavement. That's what makes Toronto so different than any other racetrack that these young drivers have to deal with. Now, okay, let's let's coming into this event, let's talk championship before we, you know, kind of talk about who we think is going to be good. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood comes in a ridiculous lead. It's the, the amount of lead he has now with the absence of Alex Barron this weekend over Kalen Frederick uh, from Pabst Racing is over 100 points, 105 in total. So you know, Kyle Kirkwood, as I said, a top go-kart racer for many, many years. He was part of Team U- the Team USA Scholarship. This kid is one we have to watch. Um, talent, of course, tons. Uh, he's going to have to find the backing moving forward because I know this, there's not all the money in the bank for him to be able to go all the way, but this kid's got all the talent, all the maturity, all the patience to be able to go all the way to the Verizon IndyCar Series. He's got a great lead right now, no doubt about it. And so Kyle's kind of in a place where he can roll in here, bank out a couple of top threes and be good to go. But he's a kid out of Florida who wants to win races. But then again, again, I always say you come into the race and I always say, know your outcome. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? Kyle will want to get some wins, but he doesn't need them. Because right now, Kyle's looking forward to the 2019 Pro Mazda Championship. He just needs to make sure he gets the job done. Kalen Frederick, of course, a driver who wants to win some races, still young, 16 years of age. Uh, Pabst Racing, uh, he could stay two more years in Pro Mazda, or rather in USF 2000, and be fine. He'll move up soon, but this kid's got tons of talent. Uh, Igor Fraga comes in in the fourth spot. I like Igor a lot. Man, this kid, I don't think there's an, a nicer young man in the paddock than Igor Fraga. And, man, there's a ton of talent. When the season started, I talked to one of the team owners, and he was kind of out there. And he said to me, if somebody signs Igor Fraga, they're going to win races this year. And that was, coming from that team owner, I was uh, I was kind of taken aback because I really hadn't followed Igor that much. Uh, he was one of the top drivers in the Mexican F4 NACAM series. Uh, of course, not a lot of cars down there in the Mexican F4 series, but Igor is a talent and such a young, a great young man. Uh, Jose Sierra coming in in fifth in points. Lucas Cole in sixth. Rasmuth Lint, the impressive young rookie, uh, in seventh spot. Didn't have a great run in the second event at Road America, but man, he's posted a couple events, uh, good events. Uh, he's my dark horse. I hate to say that I always say Rasmuth is my dark horse, but I think there's a breakout race coming for Rasmuth. Will it be here this weekend? I don't know. The road courses are so tough. Or rather, the street courses are so tough. Because um, he you know, he may be smart just not to just to kind of get a feel for it, but I think he's going to win a race pretty soon. Darren Keane for Newman Walks Racing. I expect, not only I expect, I'm looking for big things out of Darren. They have, of course, Newman Walks Racing going to a new uh, engineer at Road America, and John Hayes, a veteran uh, engineer, works with JDC Motorsports and the IMSA program and the Red Dragon uh, prototype uh, program. Uh, John's a guy that's been with USF 2000 or the UCF 2000 program for a number of years. I think that they that they blended pretty good. From what I'm hearing, uh, Oswaldo Negri, the coach for Darren Keene, talked to Brian Hallahan, the team manager for, uh, for Newman Walks, they like where they're going. They're expecting some big things out of Darren Keene here 
John Hayes getting a feel for the car, the USF 17 from Tadis. He's got a good handle on it. They were able to improve the car throughout the entire weekend at uh, Road America. So Darren needs to step up. It's time for him to show what he's got. This was a young kid in karting that I watched quite a bit. Uh, and he's a good kid. Uh, he's got a lot of charisma, a lot of, you know, he's just a nice kid. Like, I just think that, that Darren's got a chance to make it happen. Uh, rounding out your top 10 of points before we jump into some of the, the news, or at least some of the stuff I got from the paddock, uh, is Keith Donegan. Now, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff happening around Keith Donegan right now. I really don't want to go into it that much. I will at a, at, you know, at a later time, but the bottom line is the Irishman who was with Mazda at the start, no longer with Mazda now, of course, won the scholarship last year, has moved to BN Racing. Uh, they've connected there, had a great weekend at Road America. Uh, this is the comeback. This is, this, this is the backup. I always say that if you have a performance, you better be able to back it up. Now, don't back it up at the same place because you could, you know, if you're good at Road America, you're good at Road America. Uh, it had two good races there, and I like it because I think Keith is a great young driver. Um, I want to see what he can do here at Toronto. You back it up at Toronto? Yeah, we're going to talk. So, Donegan comes in as the rookie, 10th place in points, well back. So, it's not it's not a championship thing. It's all it's more about a, a timing thing and, a, and, a, and I think an experience thing for Keith Donegan. All right, so digging into the paddock a little bit, I talked to a bunch of guys. I dug it. It was fun. We had a – Kirkwood seems very comfortable. Big surprise. You know, he's hanging out, wearing the Bell T-shirt. Of course, one of the Bell athletes. Uh, he's in a great place. The The rookie driver out of Florida knows what he needs to do. Super comfortable. Uh, let's look over to Arms Up Motorsports because this is pretty damn cool. Um, of course, Keith Donegan starting the year off with the Mazda Scholarship. I'm going to kind of sugarcoat this right now. I'm going to roll over it because I want to go deeper into it later. I don't want to do it here in a preview podcast. But Donegan leaves Mazda from an arms up and goes to BN. Wow. I like the fact that the that open door allowed Dakota Dickerson to come back because I followed Dakota for many, many years. Watched him in carding, watched him jump through and win the scholarship, the shootout scholarship. Uh, came into the game with afterburner autosports not sure if that was exactly the right move for him but in the end it was not it was kind of you know it was a it was an uncomfortable program when it was when it was all said and done i think that if dakota could have got into a cape car or any other car he probably would have been did a little better but again that was the opportunity for him toronto here was the breakthrough weekend for dakota dickerson when he ran for afterburner and i i'm not gonna thrash on afterburner too much because um I knew Tim Walsh very well, still do, still do, and, and I liked what they were doing. And Victor Franzoni had won races with them before. But in his debut year with the Mazda Scholarship running for Afterburner, uh, this was the weekend that Dakota Dickerson kind of came out of his, you know, really, really made his mark, let's put it that way. Um, even though people may have poo-pooed Afterburner, that, that they weren't the team that Dickerson needed to went, go with, they dialed things in. And a couple of top five finishes here in Toronto for Dakota was pretty impressive. Okay, so fast forward to last year, he wasn't here, but he has continued to race. He is pretty much one of the top guns in the F4 USF, uh, US Championship, leading the points right now in F4. And I dig the fact that he's got a chance to run with Arms Up Motorsports. I'm told there's a potential he'll run all year. 
with that series, uh, with that team rather, with with uh, the Borlands. Uh, John Walker, of course, the engineer for that team. I was I have so much respect for John, and I like the fact that Dakota's back. He he was there at Road America. They threw him to the wolves. You know, here he is, get in the car. Here's our setup. Trying to figure it out. Here's your rookie teammate, Max Beichel. Dakota's a different kid than he was two years ago. He likes this racetrack. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish. I think that uh, he could be interesting to watch. Like I said, Kirkwood, I expect him to come out of the box like a rock star and be the best guy because I just think it's going to happen. Cape knows this track. They were good with Oliver Askew last year. But I'm telling you, watch out. Dakota Dickerson, he and uh, the guys at Arms Up Motorsports and uh, and John Walco could come out of the box strong. Now, other drivers to watch, I think, in this particular category, Corey Enders, Jose Sierra, and even Colin Kaminsky. I don't want to downplay Colin's, Colin Kaminsky, but D, uh, D-Force Racing has been good. Jose Sierra made his debut last year with D-Force Racing here at Toronto, and he was a badass. He was in the top five out of the box. You know, an F4 driver out of Mexico who was good. Now, Jose's a great young driver. He's not on a, He doesn't have a lot of momentum right now. He's had some issues, but I think he likes this racetrack. And he, this kid is a awesome personality. He's dynamic, and I think he's going to be good. Corey Enders, now if you've ever listened to me uh, do any play-by-play, you know I always pull the momentum card, right? Momentum and confidence, momentum and poise. Sometimes I stumble over my words and don't say it right, but that poise, momentum, and confidence thing is so crucial. Corey Anderson is getting better and better. Driver out of Sugarland, Texas, just keeps getting stronger and stronger. Hey, he went down to, uh, down to Mexico, battled against Moises de la Vera and uh, Igor Fraga, and swept the weekend at the F4 NACAM finale. Anytime a driver wins a, a race is big, but that was the, those were the first races for Corey to win as a uh, you know as a driver. And I think this kid's got a lot of talent. He's got tons of charisma. Everybody likes Corey in the paddock, but he's won some races. He won three in a row. The guy went to an event against thirteen or fourteen, the biggest field I believe for the year in F four and A cam, and swept the weekend. That's good because guys need to understand that they can win races. I've always said this, and ah. Uh, I think I said too much that I always say something, but it's true. I tell anybody, stop moving your kids up so fast. Side Sidebar. If you got a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14, 14-year-old, leave them in go-karts. They don't need to move to cars. Don't. I, I'm so sick and tired of my kid was the youngest this. My kid was the youngest that. We Nobody cares. None of us care. Did your kid win? Let your kid win. You want to you want to give your kids something? I don't give a beep. Stop myself. <laughs> I don't care that your kid was the youngest guy. I don't care. Nobody cares. Win races. Let the kid learn. Now, not I don't care if you win a thousand races. I want to know that you learned how to win, and that's the thing I always say: learn how to win. Don't jump out of a series and go to the next series because you finished not seventh eight times. No. Well, it's time for us to move. Screw that. Learn how to win. Learn how to race for a championship. I love the fact that Corey Enders just learned how to win. I dig that. I dig the fact that Corey swept the weekend. He won the first race, felt confident, won the second race, felt confident, won the third race. Any team owner wants to see that. So, Corey Enders, congratulations to you. 
parents out there, you got a kid, stop moving him forward. Let him win races. Let him win championships. If he's never won a race, keep him in the same series. Keep him in the same class. Stop moving him forward. All right, further down. Uh, had a chance to talk to Max Peichel as well. Of course, he's Dakota uh, Dickerson's teammate at Arms Up Motorsports. Max coming to this racetrack he's never been to it before. It's awesome. When you come to Toronto, it's something brand new. I asked him, Did, have you been on, you know, simulations? Have you driven around uh, Toronto? Dakota told me it's only available on one particular outlet, Max on iRacing, like so many of us. Did a bunch of iRacing events on Long Beach. I get it. Get a feel for the visual because it's so much different. I, I expect Max Peichel to be pretty good here this weekend. One guy to watch for, as I said before, Rasmus Lint. I think he's going to be really good. I think Keith Donegan's going to be strong here this weekend. Team Pelfrey. That's kind of an uh, it's, it's None of these guys have been here before. I think Bruno Tomaselli ran here last year, potentially, uh, with Arms Up Motorsports. But Julian Vandervaat, uh, Kyle Dupel, and Bruna, really raw rookies here. I like both Julian and Kyle to kind of get a feel. Kyle's done some karting. On temporary circuits, I'm not so much sure about Julian Vanderlaat. Um, overall, I like the way this field lines up. Only 19 drivers here in the program this weekend for USF 2000. Uh, we don't have Bennick, so we don't have Saber Cook, we don't have uh, uh, Michael D. Orlando either. There's another a couple more drivers not part of the program. But the thing I just looking forward about USF 2000, we're going to get 30 cars next year. Um, you know, Jack Miller's coming in. I'm not sure if that's been totally announced yet, but Jack's coming in. He's been pretty vocal about it. Uh, Jay Howard, as I had mentioned on the Mazda Road to Indy Insider segment on the Road to Indy TV broadcast, uh, they're bringing maybe two, three, four cars potentially, potentially pro Mazda. Um, Jay Howard's a, a guy that I've known for a long time. I first interviewed him, I think, 2005, when he got, maybe four, actually, when he got here in USF 2000. Of course, two times started in the U.S. or the Indianapolis 500. Jay's a driver development guy uh, who knows karting. His family knows karting. His dad's a karting engine builder. When you have that connection to karting like Jay does, and you're able to develop some pretty impressive talent, I love the fact that Jay that Jay Howard's bringing his development program to USF 2000. That's going to be a ton of fun to watch. All right, so let's knock out USF 2000. Um, Kyle Kirkwood comes in. Does he dominate again? Man, it's just he's been so good, right? Uh, out of the box, who do you throw at him as the primary challengers? Road America was easy, right? Because you knew Paps Racing was going to be good. Uh, I figured Calvin Ming... Lucas Cole and Caitlin Frederick would be the primary challengers. Rasmuth Lint comes out and shows that he's going to be there. Uh, I think because of the nature of the racetrack, Cole and Frederick, at least in the first sessions, are going to have a little bit of a jump. Ming as well uh, on Rasmuth. But uh, I'm going to sit down with Rasmuth tomorrow afternoon. We're going to do a little bit of we, – we may do a little uh, little podcast update just to chat with, uh, with Rasmuth because – He's no slouch, and he's he's not even a step behind all his teammates. I like it. I like I like what's going to happen here. Uh, my dark horses this weekend for good speed. Hmm, on the list, I'm going to say Jose Sierra. Watch out for Jose Sierra. Watch out for Darren Keane, uh, and watch out for Igor Fraga. 
those are my uh, those are my three dark horses. Let's do that for USF two thousand. Damn, twenty three minutes in. I hate when I you know I start. Uh, this was honestly going to be like a thirty minute podcast. I apologize. But damn, I get into it. I get jacked up, and I want to talk. We know the lights will be a quick one. So okay, so let me rip off the sheet here. Let's jump to Pro Mazda. And again, guys, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm I'm serious. Um, those of you who may follow us or follow my Mazda OD and the Insider uh, feed on Twitter, I threw out there that I, I think I was like 589 followers. I'm like, man, it would be killing cool if I got to 600 this weekend. So before I got here, I said, hey, you know what? Uh, retweet. Let's see if we can get to 600. Uh, so many of you guys retweeted and said, hey, this is the guy you want. Yeah, just listen to this guy or follow this guy. And Jake Query, of course, one of my teammates on the IndyCar Radio Network as well. Of course, Jake's got you know twenty one thousand followers in Indianapolis as one of the radio voices of the city. And bam, I'm like at six sixty, six seventy. I'm not, I'm doing this to try to get people to connect with the future stars of the Verizon IndyCar series. That's what I'm doing this for. Like, man, you know, I do this in, for karting. I love karting so much. I love watching these guys come up the ranks. But the kids that work their ass off, the ones that really dig in and push hard, I know there's a lot of money. I know it's a lot of family money. And people, you know, bitch about it that, oh, I didn't get a chance to do that. I've always said this. I didn't get a chance. There's guys that don't have the money to raise carts. There's guys that don't have the money to raise carts nationally. There's guys that don't have the money to raise carts uh, professionally. There's guys that can't raise cars. Like everywhere you go, whatever level you get to, somebody else can't afford that. So I don't lament the fact that guys get to go racing. I just want to make sure that those that are doing it and are passionate about it uh, get a chance. And for you guys who are race fans, my dig is, hey man, why not get to, you know, why not get to really know the people that are that good at this sport that you're going to follow them for the next twenty years, right? I'm lucky to have followed, uh, to have you know watched James Hinchcliffe, Spencer Pickett, all those kids, Joseph Newgar, run carts, and this is for the, this is for you guys to connect with them. So let's go to Pro Mazda. Fourteen drivers in the field, same guys we've seen for pretty much the entire year. Um, Parker Thompson, of course, the badass right now. Uh, wow, what a season he's had! It, you know, he's won races. Um, I'm going to tweet out tomorrow morning. I, I forgot to do this, but he does a remix uh, after every race where he grabs a bunch of videos. He's like, he's rocking the social media. Parker's doing the, the dig, right? He's making it happen, which is awesome. Um, after the race, I watched his in-car camera. Now I say this because I'm coming off his remix because you got to go watch his remix and I'll push it out on, on, on Twitter. Um, he does a remix video. I said at Road America that Parker Thompson's event was probably, because I've watched this kid run since he was 12, probably the most successful, unsuccessful weekend he's ever had because he finished twice in fourth place. You know, normally a guy like Parker would walk away going, oh my God, this sucks. It was horrible. Uh, he beat both of his primary championship challengers. Of course, David Malukas. Uh, rocked it for BN Racing, swept the weekend. His his one-off teammate, Toby Sauer, getting second. Two great races for Harrison Scott with RP Motorsports Racing, uh, a driver who has uh, – we'll talk more about him in a second. Um, 
claws his way back a little bit. But Parker could have finished sixth behind Renas VK and Carlos Cunos, passed both of them twice. But you got to watch his remix at the start of race number two. There is no absolute. Okay, I'm not an engineer, but I'd like somebody to tell me how the forces of nature would allow it to happen. Trust me, watch the remix, turn five. He goes to the inside of Raul Guzman. Raul gets wide and then exit, uh, what's it called? Exit over understeer, under, oversteer. I still have a stock car in mind. He gets loose on the exit, which is over, understeer, right? Oversteer. Uh, oversteer, loose on the exit. Car gets wide. Of course, Parker's going to go to the inside. Well, here comes Harrison Scott, Raul's, Raul's teammate. So it's essentially an RP Motorsports uh, sandwich. And honestly, when you see this thing, and I've talked about it a couple times already, there is no reason that he's able to come out of that corner. You got to watch his Parker's right front contact, Raul Guzman's left rear, and you'll go, uh, how'd that happen? Take a look at my, trust me, watch the Mazda Road in the Insider Twitter. I will retweet it. You will go, wow. All right, so coming to this weekend, I'm Canadian, and I cheered for the Leafs, the Trump Maple Leafs, so many times that I almost like, oh, my God, I want them to win. And then you're like, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. So I don't want to say – I don't want to jinx Parker because he's he's won three in a row here, right? He won the second race of the USF 2000 race two years ago. He won both weekends last year in exclusive auto sports breakout weekend. He comes here with a championship lead. I pulled it off. Championship lead, a solid lead right now, right? Uh, 237 points for Parker, 191 for Arenas VK. So about 37 plus nine, pretty solid uh, advantage uh, for Parker Thompson. But, man, you come in here, and he knows he's going to be good here. He knows he likes this racetrack. He's good at it. Got a little lucky in one of the races last year. Let's not just say he dominated. He was running fourth. Uh, David Malukas and Alex Barron get together. Alex, uh, rather, uh, Oliver Askew gets connected as well, and in goes uh, you know Parker to the lead. But that was the that was the kind of experience where he kind of sat back and watched it happen. He knew it was going to happen. So coming into this event, he's got a great lead. Carlos Cunos in third, David Malukas fourth, Harrison Scott fifth. Essentially the same lineup as we had at Road America. Raul Guzman again in for. Uh, Lodovico Lorini, uh, Guzman, a guy I've watched come up the ranks many, many times through Supercarts USA, just like Pato Award, one of the drivers in the S5 junior stock Honda category of shifter kart racing. Uh, this weekend, I'm super excited to see how the rookies kind of play together, how Carlos Cunha steps up. But I think one of the biggest things for me is the simple fact that David Malukas is in a place to kind of come back after that dominant weekend in Road America. And we talk a lot about, about a guy coming out of the box and being good, right? So momentum, confidence, poise, uh, you know, rolling with the team. BN Racing with, with Malukas had a couple of good events. David gets it. No, David's an aggressive driver. And I'm, 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 I'm I'm honestly personally surprised, having watched him for so many years in karting, that he's that aggressive in the car. Um, I'm not really sure why, because he's just, he's not in a, he shouldn't be in a hurry. He's young. 
but he's aggressive. And he's and he so he got in. He's he was on probation at one point already. Got into the side of Harrison Scott at the Oval Lucas Oil Raceway. That was a kerfuffle. Out of turn four, big wreck. Didn't need to happen. You know, it's just sometimes I, w- <laughs> I wish I was the announcer. I wish I could be a, a manager for some of these drivers. At least a confidant. Like I sit down and say, hey, don't be in a hurry. Be, relax, get comfortable. You don't need to win every race. And that's the something that I, it's a, it's a thing I feel. So with that said, Malukas comes in here coming off of two race wins. Like that was the big thing. He came out of that kind of debacle at Lucas Oil Raceway and swept the weekend uh, at Road America. Now I, 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 I tempered that a little bit, the success at Road America, because he was so good there last year. And it's further tempered because of the fact that of course he was working with, with, Victor Franzoni last year helped him set up the USF 2017, the new car. You know, he worked with, he was coaching at David. And of course he comes out of the race and does very, very well. Now you, you know, you, anybody knows who's raced ever before you're comfortable to racetrack. Then you continue to be comfortable. And I think he was comfortable at road America last year. Cause Victor was helping him a little bit. Coaching is huge. And, but it all pays, it all pays off. And, and again, just extrapolate all that to the fact that, David was tremendous uh, at Road America. Didn't put a wheel wrong. Drove his ass off. His teammate, Toby Sauer, was was right there as well. But for me, you go from that race, you go from Road America, and now we we go back to the the boxing ring. Let's put it that way. Let's say that that Road America is that kind of wide-open fighting ring. No. We're to Toronto. What can you do? Uh, You can't drop a wheel because there's no dropping wheels here. Right, you make a tiny mistake. You're in the wall. Last year, David making a mistake. He and Alex Barron got super aggressive in turn three. They end up in the wall. They collect Oliver Askew. It doesn't affect him down the line. He wins the championship. But you can't make mistakes here, and that's interesting. So, will David Malukas be able to look back? Is he is he is he too young to look back? Has he matured enough that he will go, okay, what did I do last year here? What mistakes did I make? Because you can't win the race in turn three. We all know that. Turn three is aggressive in this racetrack, right? If you, We did the track walk. It's a hardcore run down. When you watch it on TV, if you guys are TV watchers, <laughs> it looks massively wide, right? All I did down the entire run out of turn two to turn three, and I'm we were on the, on the Cooper Tire uh, golf cart, with uh, one of our good friends from Cooper Tire, Daniel. And I just went, wow, this is so narrow. It's so, na- oh my God. It looks, it's it's narrow. You go down and that you watch it. I've watched, 30 years I've watched the Toronto Indy on TV, right? And it's this big, wide, sweeping right-hander. It's a major uphill. It's so narrow. There's no room. So will David Malukas approach it differently this year? Will he get as aggressive as he was last year? I think that's, the key. I got to expect that David Malukas is going to be good out of the box. He's got, you know, when you win, if you win two times the road America, right? You're coming out going, man, I'm good. We got a good car. I'm comfortable. I, we, we are, I'm going to go to road America. I mean, I'm going to go to Toronto. I'm going to hit the ground. We're going to rock. Tracks changed a little bit, some new pavement, hopefully. And David's David's not a raw rookie, like I said before. Karting champion in Supercarts USA. He's won in Europe. 
this kid knows how to get around this racetrack. Now, the bravado, though, of any kids that win races, it's everybody, all the personalities are different. Will he be humble? Will he come out and be, you know what? Road America meant nothing. That's what I love. That's what I love about pros sometimes, right? They'll be like, I'll say, hey, you won this race. Dude, you're going to the next one. You're going to dominate? And they'll say, no. We just wiped off. We wiped the slate clean. I don't care what happened last weekend. It's brand new. That'll be interesting. So if you're tuning in on RoadDND.TV, do that, please. Uh, whether you're listening to the, you know, the road, the, the, the IndyCar race control, however you're connecting with us, RoadDND.TV is a great way to do it. And you'll hear me because I'm going to be pretty aggressive this weekend because we're at the midpoint of the season where I'm kind of done making excuses for some of the drivers that make mistakes. It's time to step up. This is where you – now we're into the stretch run. USF 2000, Pro Mazda, uh, and, and Indy Lights. We're down to a couple of races, right? We're Toronto. We go to mid-Ohio. USF – rather, uh, Pro Mazda and Indy Lights goes to Gateway. We wrap it all up in Portland International Race, which I think is going to be badass. It's time for us to start to get a little more serious and a little more critical about the young drivers. So, again. Um, all right, so if I look down the list, Parker Thompson's going to be good here. I guarantee it. Now, Parker's got a great lead in the points, right? Let's look at the points again. What did I say? He's like 40, what, 46 points up, I think, something like that. He's in a great spot. And Parker's a great young driver. He loves this racetrack. Now it's Toronto, Canada. Parker's going to do it for the A-team. Hell Yeah. He wants to win here, but Parker again, like he did at uh, at Road America, you know what? Couple a uh, couple of top fives is good. He'll he'll go for the win. That's interesting. That, that's that's maybe where it rocks. Renus VK is going to start getting some pressure for Hunkos Racing. Carlos Kuna hasn't won yet. Remember, Renus won both races at St. Petersburg, so he's got at least that off his chest. Carlos wants to win a race. Malukas has won. Harrison Scott's already won. Those are my kind of top five. Oliver Askew and Kate Motorsports have been battling grip all year long. If they come out of the box strong, I'll be happy for them. Uh, Harrison's only run, I think he's done a lot of road racing. I mean, rather a lot of street course racing. I think he ran Monaco once in Formula Renault. I talked to him briefly today, as did uh, his new teammate, Raul Guzman. They ran at, uh, he's ran at uh, Formula Renault at, at, uh, at Pau. And he also ran at Monaco. So they got a little bit of street course experience. Malukas, only St. Petersburg. Carlos, of course, ran last year in Pro Mazda, but they didn't run here in Toronto. Uh, Renus VK was here last year in USF 2000. Parker Thompson, of course, a driver to most definitely watch. I, li- I like Pro Mazda right now. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Look out. Uh, do I? No. No. I was going to say, do I give a prediction? Hell no. Never wins any predictions. All right, let's cap this thing off with uh, Indy Lights. Why we're at 39 minutes. I don't want to go too long. I want to, I want to make sure I'm done within an hour. I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, again, what time is it? 10.23 p.m. Thursday night. I should be having a cocktail downstairs with everybody, but I dig this. Uh, again, do me a favor. If you're on iTunes, if you download us on iTunes, do me a favor. Just go to iTunes. Give me a rank. Give me a five. Tell me you whatever it is. Tell me you like what, what I'm doing. I'll keep doing it. If you don't like it, just tell me to 
you know, stop and I'll, and I'll you know, I'll go downstairs and have a cocktail instead. It'd be easier. But honestly, um, I love this stuff, man. It's just, I'm glad you guys tune in. I get some great feedback from people that that saying they love my podcast. I appreciate it. Like, I mean, like I said, I could be doing something else, but I like to do this because I want to talk about these. I want to talk about these young kids. It's awesome. Because when they get to the Verizon IndyCar series, ideally they won't flub me off. Some of them do, honestly. It's being serious. <laughs> Some of them do. Some of them I've known since they were eight years old, and they're different. I always said there's like three different levels of IndyCar guys when they get to IndyCar. They have known me since they were kids. There are some that have never changed. There are some that, you know, are business, but they're still awesome guys. And there's some that, you know what, they're so focused on the business side that they kind of walk by me for once in a while. And I kind of, it's the guys that have never, ever, ever, ever changed. I'll throw, I won't, I won't go to the top. Charlie Kimball, Gabby Chavez to start. Because, you know, a guy like Zach Veach is, is badass. Spencer Pickett, amazing. Um, but who have, you know, they, it, it's awesome. Like, it's like, it's like they, it, we're still in carding. Respect level is just ridiculous. You go to guys that are business and are passionate and just sometimes, uh, James Hinchcliffe. I've known James for a long, long time. Um, and I, I, call him a fr- I call him a good friend. And, but there's times when he's just too, too busy. Right. It's just, it is what it is, but normally he'll stop for me and do the interview on IndyCar radio, which means a ton to me. There's guys like that, you know, Robbie Wickens has been, has been absolutely tremendous as well. I just, and, and again, there's guys, you go through the pattern. Again, there's so many guys I've known you know, and, and the guys from road dandy. I'm, I mean, more of the guys I've known from the very beginning of Cardi. And there are some that have risen to the top level of the sport where, you know, I was, there were, you know, we were close. We were super close, but now it's it. We're not. It's just it's. And I get that. I, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm a go kart guy. I'm a road dandy guy, and I'm not in the you know the upper elite of that stuff. And I'm okay with that. It's good. They they've come to a place where they're digging their deal, and and if they don't stop to talk to me because I'm not in the program, I can, dude, I'm good for that. That's it's. Everybody lives their own their own journey, and I'm I'm cool. That's good. And and but you know, for me. That's why I do this. I keep digging it. And if you guys like it, tell me. If you don't like it, I'm going to just either tell me to like it or like it. I want to know. I want to know if I should be spending an hour at, at 10 o'clock on a Thursday night when I could be having, uh, you know, another IPA downstairs. All right. Or it could be another IPA up here, but I don't usually do that. Indy Lights. Seven cars. So this will be easy. Where are we at? 42 and a half minutes. Let's knock this thing out so you guys can... I'm hoping you guys are listening to this on the way to the racetrack or at least whatever, because I dig that. Um, Indy Lights. It's a topic I, we could probably have a whole broadcast about in terms of the way we're going to move forward this series. But I, I I guess I'm privy to a lot of conversations on the out, on the inside of the, you know, the Anderson promotions trailer. So I don't want it. I'm bullish about the whole program. I'm so excited about it, what they're doing behind the scenes. People don't understand that. They don't get it. I see stuff with guys online saying ridiculous stuff like, oh, connect, uh, just put Pro Mazda and USF 2000 together. I put you, Pro Mazda and Lindy Lights together. No, that's not the way this, this is a business. That doesn't work that way. Uh, so, no, that's not going to happen. What we're going to do is do what we're doing, USF 2000, Pro Mazda and Lindy Lights. It's the best thing. Stop effing with it. It's perfect. So, 
What do we got? We've got seven drivers who have run the entire series. And the probably horrible thing about this is I'm going to say one, two, three, maybe four drivers will be in IndyCar next year. So that's a great thing for Indy Lights. I know, honestly, I think we're going to have, I, I, I'm going to predict 16 cars next year. There's some stuff happening. I would like to be able to say it. I can't. I was sworn to secrecy. And that sucks. But Colton Herta, Pato Award, Santi Ruzia, Victor Franzoni, Ryan Norman, your top five, Aaron Tielitz, and Dalton Kellett, of course, uh, top seven in the series. We all know about Tielitz's issues throughout the year, his horrible start after what I thought would have been a massive jump out of the gate. Uh, I honestly, after you know the first qualifying session, went, oh, my God, Aaron Tielitz is a rock star for Bellardi. Look out. Here we, here we go. And, of course, the wreck, uh, the expensive wreck, the next wreck afterwards, the not being able to finish races, rather not being able to finish the first lap of races. Um, of course, he's on the, he's on his on his uh, uh, hind legs. I'm just hoping, and I think, that Aaron Tielitz has made an impression on the sport that people will go, damn, this guy is a talent. He is uh, charismatic. And it's the kind of guy that you can, you can hang a sponsorship deal on. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on on uh, Aaron Keelitz for sure. Race-wise, Colton Herta, of course, comes in with a minute eight-point lead of a Pato Award. He went on a four-race win streak at Road America. Uh, rather, a uh, four-race win streak through the month of May into June. Wins both races at the Indy GP. Wins the Freedom 100. Like a boss. Um and that Freedom 100 was awesome. Uh, and then goes on to win the first race at Road America. Victor Franzoni comes back for an emotional victory in race number two, of course, uh, in memoriam of his uh, benefactor and good friend, Jeff Green. We go to Iowa and uh, pretty much a processional race, of course, no doubt about that. But uh, what it said was, man, we got seven drivers who are absolute badasses. Finishing seventh, Aaron Tielitz with a second fast lap of the race. Pato runs out to the lead. Tremendous run for him. Big momentum builder. This kid's a badass. Um, let's talk more about where they may go later. In this Well, not later, like in the next couple minutes. Um, Colton finishes second. The battle between Colton, Herda, and Santiago Yeruti was awesome. Santiago... Um, I used a reference in a conversation with somebody. It was like uh, one of those deals where you give a guy the chance to fight for his life. You know, uh, here's the knife. Uh, here's the, you know, like a gladiator kind of thing. Here's a, here's a tiger. Uh, save yourself. Um, that was a deal where I think coming in, you, if you talk to Santiago afterwards, he was gutted. Uh, he knows that they've been chasing Andretti all year long. And it was, if you watch the opening lap, uh, I was on pit lane. Of course, I watched the first, you know, out of you know, out of the fourth corner into turn number one. Jumped around quickly to watch the the, uh, the monitor. Damn, Santiago is the kind of guy. If I had a race team, this is funny because I've been asked this question so many times. If you had a race team, who would you hire? I would hire Santiago Urrutia. I really, really would because. And number one, I, I've known Santiago for a long time. Santiago's a good kid. He's a good guy. And he's, there's a 
there's a fieriness, but there's also an honest and pure and fun guy. You don't get to see it because he's when he gets in the podium in another second or third, unless he has one, he's pissed off. He's horrible. He's a dick. Um, and pardon my language. I apologize for that. But I, that's the word you got to use. He's a, I can't use the A word because but he's just, man, he's, but that's the passion of it. That's Joey Barnes and I talked about it in our podcast uh, in the breakdown of, of Iowa. He is passionate about it, but I would hire him because I want talent and I want fire. And I want, you know, I want a guy that comes out of the car and is pissed, but I want him to go to teammates and go, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to, we're going to go to the next level. And the thing about Santi is, and, and, and so many guys in the sport, and, and Aaron, whoever, when you're racing for your life, people don't understand that. These kids are racing for their livelihoods. This is an opportunity. They're spending a million plus to run indie Lights. They are spending. If you go into a restaurant and you spend 150 bucks on a steak and it's not good, do you smile and stand second on the podium? Or do you bitch at the at the waiter and the chef? Damn, you know, you're not happy. Think about extra, extrapolate that to spend a million and you're not, you know, you're finishing third. And there's no indictment on any team you're with. Bellardi, blah, 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 Yunkos, whoever, Spit Peterson Motorsports, whoever, team more, whoever you race for. It's a battle. This sport's a battle, right? Sometimes Bellardi's the badass. Sometimes it's Andretti. Then Road America, it's, you know, second race is Junkos. The guys that are the third are pissed. I don't, I don't feel bad for any kid in this sport who doesn't win or doesn't succeed because they're spending more money than any of us would be able to make in our lifetime primarily, right? A lot of us, right? But when you work your ass off, I understand their, 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 current, their own perspective of not being able to win a race. And I think that's super key. People go, oh, I said he's such a dick. He didn't lift his trophy at the, at the podium. If I spent a lot of dough and I didn't win, I, I might not either. But that's the guy that I would hire. I'd love to have Santi. Can, can you imagine having a three-car team? Santi, Pat, Patricio Award, Santi Ruggia. Let's go Ford. Let's go Rob Howden's. Let's go Howden Autosport. My version of Andretti Autosport for next year in IndyCar. Of course, they, they, they got a stout lineup, right? No doubt. My goodness. They are fantastic. Veach, Andretti, Hunter Ray, and of course, badass Alexander Rossi. I'll roll in with Howden Autosport, Colton Herta, Patricio Ward, Santiago Urrutia, and Victor Franzoni. And I'll, I'll do a fourth car or fifth car. For Aaron Tlets. I'm good to go with that. I got fired up guys. Are we gonna be behind the eight ball a little bit? Hell yeah, we are. But we're gonna come back because I love that this is awesome. That's the thing I want to I know. Tangent. Damn, we did this. I did this with Joey Barnes. We saw a Squirrel, we looked after it, we just went crazy on Santiago. But again, the same thing. It's the passion we have for these kids that are fantastic drivers. Honestly, if I wanna if I won a, the the Powerball the Powerball, and uh, and had $400 million? Why wouldn't you put all four of those, all five of those guys? Line them up, and let's go have them fun. And that's, man, I don't even know if I can preview it anymore because that's all I really need to do, right? Heard it with the lead. Now, Colton, again, had issues last year. Got in the wall last year. I talked to him earlier. He loves this racetrack. Like so many of the drivers to Indy Lights, 
uh, part of the theme of this weekend was, hey, what do you think about Toronto? Oh, I love this racetrack. The food's fantastic. I love Toronto. Wow, Rob. Um, there's a lot of gorgeous women here. Yes, I know. You're all 18, 19, 20 years of old, years of age. Yes, it's a college town. There's a couple of universities here in Toronto. Yes, the girls are beautiful. Go to bed early. Come to the racetrack. But that's so true. Um, Herta Award, Urutia, Franzoni, Norman, Tielitz, and Kellett on the docket. Uh, big weekend for Dalton Kellett. Uh, Toronto, He's uh, he lives just up the road. Uh, Stouffville, I believe, the, the hometown for... Uh, for Dalton Kellett, this kid, you know what? Well, we got fifty, I got eight, about eight minutes to go. <sighs> I wanted more for Dalton at Iowa because the guy is a badass on the ovals. Um, the talent is there. Sometimes I think that Dalton Dalton just gets into his head because of battling against this group of drivers. Man, I just—it's almost like a, a deal where you just like to let Dalton be on the racetrack by himself and go. I think and talking to his coach Darren Manning the kid's a talent he's got he's got so much in him he just needs to get out of his head if i could sit down with him a couple of times and just say listen Dalton let it roll let it ride this guy's got lots of experience you put him on an oval when he gets into his zone he is damn good but there's something about race car drivers that sometimes you battle yourself getting into that zone i thought he was going to win the Indy 500 or the the, uh, the Freedom 100 this year uh, I honestly did. As we came down the last couple of laps, I said, Dalton's in the right place. This is going to be good. But as I've said to uh, many people, I would uh, I'd like to sit down with some of these kids and think that, or not think that, I wish that I could affect them to understand that they have the potential and they just need to make it happen. Dalton Kellett's got a lot of talent. He just needs to get out of his way mentally. It's almost like a bagger Vance deal, right? And just let it all happen. Uh, Thing about Indy Lights is that Colton Herta and Pato Award are in a battle. And Pato comes in with a lot of momentum. This could be interesting. I think the opening session, this is the funny thing. I don't usually say this, but I think that the opening session for you uh, for uh, Indy Lights, their first practice, 1.30 tomorrow afternoon, Friday afternoon, um, that could set the stage. I think that whoever drops the hammer first, depending on how much they gap the field, that could be it. Not that it's going to be it. That's the way it's going to roll to the end. But I just think this track is so interesting that I think if you drop the hammer early and come out with some confidence, uh, look for Santiago Yuruti to be first. That's my call. We are, what, 1039 at night? 5433. I think I'm done. I've rambled enough. I gave you a lot of stuff. I gave you a lot of input. Uh, I talked a bit. I waxed poetic. Uh, hopefully not too much. Okay, so we'll be less than an hour here, which is good. Uh, hopefully you, you listen to this on the way to the racetrack. You've used it uh, as a workout deal because, listen, 54, almost 55 minutes, you better be on that damn treadmill for an hour. Get on there. Do intervals. Make it happen. I want this to be a workout. This is a workout tape. This is you guys uh, coming to the racetrack for an hour. In uh, you know, coming to the track. Uh, I don't care what you do. I'm glad you're listening. I, I had a bunch of guys tell me today that they listen to the podcast. That's that's cool. I appreciate that. Um, man, this series, Portland, can't wait to get there. There are champions ready to run. There are guys that are going to try to take a fight for it. 
Uh, all right, tomorrow. If you, if you are, if you did that, it's like I said, 1040. If you downloaded it, uh, Pro Mazda, 8 in the morning, USF 2000, 840. I'm on the flipping rev limiter tomorrow. Pro Mazda, I'll be on the mic at 10.05. Got a little break in the action. I'm doing the uh, USF 2000 autograph session at 11. Uh, back to the PA booth for USF 2000 qualifying at 12.55. Indy Lights, uh, P1, the first practice, 1.30. IndyCar, on the ring. IndyCar, I can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, 2.30, Pro Mazda qualifying number one at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. Folks, uh, I rambled a bit there, but man, you know what? It's late. Great dinner at the Keg Steakhouse tonight. Good to be back in Canada. Um, I hope you enjoyed it because honestly, when I when I do my breakdowns, and I'm, of course going back and forth with guys like Krista Hardy, like Joey Barnes, like Tony DeZino, I'll have uh, Steve Wittick on for the breakdown after Toronto next week. Uh, I get a chance to take a, I guess, take a deep breath, and they, you know, we bounce back and forth. You guys have just kind of been, uh, I guess, part of a journey where I'm just, you know, meandering <laughs> within my thoughts. I've got notes. Um, thank you. I do appreciate it. Uh, again, uh, if you're listening, if you download this to iTunes, please, please, please. Uh, it's my oxygen. Help me out. Get, I, I need some, I need some feedback. Get on to iTunes. Just give me a, a rating. I don't care if you rate me zero. Grab me one. Just if you like it, get in there, rate it. Give me a five, whatever it is. Um, we need it. Uh, otherwise, uh, follow me on Twitter, MRTI underscore dot insider. Uh, you can also follow me at, at Rob Howden, Instagram, at Rob Howden Racing. And of course, Road DD Insider on Facebook, Rob Howden as well. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Um, this is great. This weekend's gonna be good. Toronto is a thing, is a place, is a it's an event where man stuff happens. This racetrack is sketchy. Uh, I'm gonna cross my fingers first and foremost, as all of you will, that the first three or four sessions uh, come through without incident. I appreciate it, folks. Again, uh, the ramblings tonight of Rob Howden late on a Thursday. Man, I can't wait for this weekend. Almost a full hour. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Mazda Road to Indy Insider. Bye for now.